0: Seated. Now we come to that part of the service which we count as uh, central to our worship, and that is the preaching of God's word. And we're beginning a new book. It's the book of Acts. I struggle with this, as there are many, many books that I would love to preach from, but this one seemed to be the most appropriate one for the the time for our time and uh, so uh, we're not going to uh, read the whole book right now although that's what i would encourage you to do on, on the side is to read through the book of acts it's, it's a powerful book and it's so exciting and it really shows uh, uh, life through activity there's such activity that, that was taking place in the first century that uh, we, we can't close our eyes to it. it's part of the history of redemption It is the ongoing work of Christ's ministry that he started when he was on this earth. So uh, let us begin, first of all, by reading from Acts chapter 1, 1 through 8. Hear the word of the Lord. The The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, Of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons, which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we ask that you would indeed enlighten us to what we have just read as to what you desire for us to know from the scriptures. Give us understanding that we might understand the scriptures, even your word that lives and abides forever. And your gospel, yes, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Now this book has been called The Acts of the Apostles. In fact, in probably your Bible it says The Acts of the Apostles. But it would be better to be called The Acts of the Holy Spirit who worked in the apostles and in others, their disciples. Our Lord said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me the works that I do, he shall do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. And there's no greater work than to give the gospel. And there's no greater miracle than the new birth, which comes through the faithful preaching of God's word. We're called to be martyrs or martyrios, witness, maybe even martyr, which is where, that word, which is where martyr comes from. Are you Jesus' witness? That's the question. Are you and I witnesses for Jesus? Are we Jesus' witness? That is, are we witnesses of Jesus' gospel? That's the first thing. Luke wrote two books that are attributed to him. And what are they? The book of the gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. In the first two verses from the passage that I just finished reading, form a bridge between the two, between the life and ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ and the historical account of the development of the church, the church of Jesus Christ. Did he not say, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it? So if we go back to verse one, it says, the former treatise have I made, that's Luke's gospel, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. So Luke's gospel is about all of what Jesus began began to both do and teach. He said, "I have things that I have yet to tell you, which they're not ready yet to receive, and not only that which he didn't have time in order to tell them personally, but through the Holy Spirit, he would tell them. He would tell them in no uncertain terms because the Holy Spirit would take what is his and give it to them as he promised that he would. And and yes, he did. And yes, he does. The Holy Spirit does. Luke dedicates both books to Theophilus. And And the word Theophilus, the name Theophilus, that is, means friend of God of God, as Abraham was called, what? The friend of God. Theophilus could have been a Gentile that belonged to the educated ruling class of his day. He is what you would call a God fear. He was not one who was Jewish by birth, but who adopted the Jewish religion, who attended the worship service in a Jewish synagogue where they met. When Luke was on his missionary journeys as the companion, the partner of Apostle Paul. But, but unlike many Jews of his day, unlike those who have been enlightened by the Holy Spirit, he objected to the rite of circumcision saving you. It wasn't that one of the, that was the challenge actually. That was the uh, front and centered issue of that day. Because God began with the Jews. And, and their first stumbling block was just that very thing that Stumble them and stumble other people to this day of of that of that uh, heritage. Just as uh, those who would add baptism to faith in the gospel, stumble over the gospel. Because they feel like it's not enough. Well Theophilus. Theophilus, I think I'm pronouncing his name right. It's the name of it, one of the churches in New York, see up in, in the Orange County area, by the way, if you want to go to a Theophilus uh, church. <laughs> he is what you call a God-fearer, as I said. But unlike many Jews, he objected to the right of circumcision. He would chime right in there with the Apostle Paul when the Apostle Paul says, but God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision availeth anything but a new creature or creation. So he is not a convert to Judaism, per se, although he started out as a God-fearer, one who adopted that religion. But he went deeper, as those who are brought to faith in Christ of that Background. were. He is very similar uh, to uh, another one, the centurion Cornelius, to whom Paul preached the cross and through that was saved. In Acts 10, did Jesus give all the prophets witness, said the apostle Paul to Cornelius in his household, that through his name, whosoever believeth, in him shall have the remission of sins. Christ alone. They believed in Sola Christos. This is they believed in Sola Fide or faith. After that, Peter baptized Cornelius in Jesus' name and those of his household. It says in Acts 10:47, "Can any man forbid water, physical baptism, that these should not be baptized? Does that sound familiar uh, to another story uh, in the book of Acts of the, of the Ethiopian Eunuch? Which have received the Holy Spirit as well as we. In other words, spiritual baptism. They've been born again. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. There you have it. And so by the- Theophilus' reading of the Gospel of Luke, it may have been the God used that to making him a child of the king. Are you a witness also by the power of the Holy Spirit? It says in verse 2 of of Acts chapter 1 that we just read, until the day which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, or the Holy Spirit, I'll I'll translate that, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Christ ascended back to the Father. Am I correct? And the Holy Spirit is the source and power of Jesus' earthly ministry. And not only His, but ours. Our Lord says in John 6, What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where He was before? And that's what He did when He gave this pronouncement to His disciples found in, in verse 8, which we will get to shortly. What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where He was before? And they did. It is the spirit that quickeneth. It is the spirit that makes alive. It is not you and me that make ourselves alive. We're dead in trespasses and sins when the Lord saved us. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. It's as if the the word of God itself is, is alive, which it is with the Holy Spirit. You have to make those kind of Distinctions, You see, we have to be very careful. But nevertheless, it is as if the word itself is God's spirit or is, is alive. For he says, and they are spirit and they are life. Thirdly, are you Jesus' witness in obedience to his commandments? In verse 2, it goes on to say, He through the Holy Spirit hath given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. What commandments could he be talking about? Well, we need to turn to another passage Luke 24 46 through 48 go to Luke's other book his previous book chapter 24 verse 46 through 48 and he said unto them that is our Lord Jesus Christ thus it is written and thus it behoved Christ to suffer And to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. So, what commandments? Well, first, the commandment that they should witness. That they should be witnesses. As it says in verse 48... And ye are witnesses of these things. You are those who simply tell what you saw and heard. And especially if you have been given ears to hear and eyes to see. And a heart to receive the things that are only given by the Spirit of God. And and they should also what? They should also preach. In other words, tell others about what they saw. As it goes on to say, preach repentance and remission of sins on the basis of Jesus' life and death and resurrection from the dead. In verses 46 and 47, And he said unto them, Thus it is written and thus it be who Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Repentance is... A change of mind with a view to changing your life. It is a work of the Spirit to turn you 180 degrees here where it begins, where it counts, where it has to begin if it is to have any converting result and fruit in your life. And then remission of sins is another way of saying forgiveness of sins, which was purchased at the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ when he shed precious drops of blood by which we are cleansed from our sins. We are not saved by silver and gold or by any thing that we do that has to do with a godly lifestyle or a religious way of life, but by the precious blood of Christ. And that is the only way. And so that is what we need to preach We need to preach the book, the blood, and the blessed hope. And who is the blessed hope but our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And one more thing that we should do that he commands us to do, and that is found in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Matthew 28, we'll just read 19. I hope you have your sword with you. If you do, you better better be sharpening it right now. We're going to war <laughs> <Yep>. every day. <laughs> every day, go ye therefore and teach all nations. That word teach is actually the word for a disciple. Go ye therefore and disciple all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's, his, that's what ordained ministers and missionaries are to do. And so it begins with them like with the apostles of old. And that is what is commanded by our Lord of his church. It didn't stop with them. It continues on. It has to, because the Lord has his people that he's calling. He says he says I have my sheep. He says, I have my sheep that I must bring that, they may be, that we may be one fold and one shepherd. There's a saying the role of a pastor is not to grow a big church. The pastor's role is to grow mature disciples who make disciples. Wow. I sent that out months ago to, you, to, to everyone, I believe. Again, the role of a pastor is not to grow a big church pastor's role is to grow mature disciples who make disciples that's what we are to be about and isn't that what jesus did with the church of 12 are you jesus disciples by infallible proofs as it says in verse 3 of acts 1 chapter 1 turning back to acts 1 To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion, by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. What were those infallible proofs? Well, one is, according to John 20:19, they entered a locked room. And guess what? That was when they met the risen Lord the first time. So John 20, 19. You've got to use your Bibles in this church, I tell you. That's what disciples are to do, right? He says, Come unto me, uh, all you that labor are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. This is the yoke. Jesus has put the yoke on, on us to learn of him, and so learn we will. as the Lord gives us breath, right? It says... Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, that's the Lord's day. That's the day of the resurrection, right? Uh, A week or so later. When the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. They are fraidy cats. I hate to say it. Until what? Until Jesus came. Came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. Don't be fraidy cats anymore. I'm here. (laughs) I haven't left you. And I promise I'll never leave you ever. And he showed them his wounds according to Luke 24 36 through 39. So turn to Luke. We're using Luke here, aren't we? It's the other book. That's part one. And Acts is part two. So Luke 24 36 through 39. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted, and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled? Why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Isn't that, isn't that so typical of us? We are troubled. Perhaps even on every side, you know, we have enemies all around us. And we think, Oh, woe is me or woe is us. You know, woe is the little church, you know, the remnant, it's always been a remnant, by the way. It hasn't changed. So really, <laughs> I, don't, I don't see why we're, we're, we're this way. But the, but then again, you know, the church the day has gone by. The Old Covenant Church was, was, was the same way. And here we are, troubled. Thoughts arising in our hearts. Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and blood as you See me have. Talk about infallible proofs. I think that's the most infallible proof there is on the face of this earth. If Jesus were to come right now, he would be the infallible proof. No ifs, ands, ors, or buts about it. No exception to the rule. And I would say to that, and God's people would say to that a hearty what? Amen, right? And he drank. He ate and he drank with his disciples, did he not, according to 41 through 43? Let me read that to you. And while they yet believed not for joy, now I don't know quite how to unpack that one, but they were kind of like on the border, just kind of like ready to jump on the other side, but they're not quite there yet, and yet at the same time, they know he's, he's alive. He's alive. And wondered, he said unto them, have ye here any meat, food? gave him a piece of a broiled fish and a honeycomb, and this was by the seashore, right? And he took it and did eat before that, like, hmm, this is really good. (laughs) I think there's going to, I know, I shouldn't say anything, I know there's going to be eating in heaven. I have no doubt at all about that. (laughs) And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. In other words, all of the scriptures are about me. And that's always how they have been. And if you don't see that, you're blind. But I will take off the blinders and I'll give you eyes to see. And then, he said, and then it was said of them that he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Who does that with it says in our, back in our passage in, in Acts 1, being seen of them 40 days. There, there was this period of time between his resurrection and his ascension, which were 40 days. Doesn't that sound familiar, 40 days? Like 40 days that he was up there in the mountain fasting and Moses uh, the same, you know, 40 days in the wilderness uh, without food and, and, uh, and drink. Can you imagine fasting that long? You think, oh, we're pretty, pretty cool. We do intermittent fasting. But <laughs> how, about, how about that kind of fasting? Where, where you're being tempted by the very evil one himself, in the case of our Lord Jesus Christ. Tempting you to turn stone into bread. Tempting you to, uh, to do things that are to acquiesce unto the evil one. Praise God. He appeared to the apostles in their time of need and convinced them of his being alive again because if he didn't, it would be over. If he didn't rise from the dead, it would be done. Your faith is in vain. You're yet in your sins. You're on your way to hell. Nothing's going to change your course. That's how important this is. And to bring you into his kingdom, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, Is universal the kingdom is the sphere of salvation the kingdom is where Christ is king of over all peoples but especially over his people as he is described in different places and especially in the book of Revelation king of kings and Lord of Lords as Paul would say in Colossians 1 we give thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Are you Jesus' witness who wait for the promise of the Father, according to verse 4? of Acts chapter 1 and being assembled together with them commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem but wait for the promise of the Father which saith he, ye have heard of me <clears throat> My promise very simply it's this the baptism or the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost baptism or the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost and we know this from verse 5 for John truly baptized with water but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence and baptized by the Holy Spirit they were all of the apostles except of course one Judas were baptized and those that replaced him in acts 2 1 through 4 which I'll go ahead and and read for context and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Unless you think that those tongues are the uh, gibberish that are being uh, practiced in Pentecostal and charismatic settings of the visible church, study again. Because these were actual languages of known nations that were congregating at Jerusalem on this special feast day or holy day. And that God, through the apostles, would take this, this tremendous opportunity to reach souls who would never otherwise hear the gospel, who were gathered there that day. That's what this is. It is, in audible words, in human languages that are known by men, that God chooses to speak His word and speak it He did, and God chooses to, to give his gospel and give his gospel, He did. Mm-hmm. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. But since then, sinners are baptized when they are born again into the kingdom of God and join the body of Christ. As Paul would say in 1 Corinthians 12, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we bond, slaves or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. And daily when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, when a glory sheds on our way, we manifest the spirit's life in us as Paul would teach in Ephesians 5, and be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the verb there is not just being filled one time, like when you go somewhere, like to a restaurant, and they fill your glass, and it's just a one-time deal. It's one of those places where you can have it filled as many times as you want and drink as much as you want until you're overflowing. (laughs) And that's what is in mind here by the filling of the Holy Spirit. Our baptism, and I'm speaking of both, our baptism in the Spirit and our baptism in the flesh, by water, physical baptism, manifests, is manifested in faith and hope and love. As 1 Peter 1, and 23 tell us, Seeing you have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the spirits unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. There's so much that I want to impart to you, but which time limits um, one's ability to do. There's an aside here. And that is in verse 6 and 7. And, and the aside is this. Restoration of Israel. <clears throat> when they therefore come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? It was already in shackles, or more or less, it was in shackles by the Roman Empire Maybe it wasn't quite as bad as when they were under the Assyrians or the Babylonians, which was pretty bad. I mean, they were enslaved. They had no rights. And all that was left behind were the old men and women and the sick and the feeble, which they had no time for. This was not quite that bad. But nevertheless, this was not freedom. Perhaps what we're experiencing now in our land, this is more like that. And and, and maybe soon to get worse if we're not on our guard and guarding the faith and and are vigilant and sober and and, and watchful of the evil one who comes as a roaring lion and seeking whom he may devour you see how serious this is i'm not I'm not just preaching to you I'm preaching at you I'm preaching hopefully the Holy Spirit into you because this is what this is about this is Not a time ending short of life and death. So having heard their master speak of the coming of the Holy Spirit, which is a sign of the new age, by the way. They all recognize that from the book of Joel, for example. They ask, is this the occasion of the restoration of the nation of Israel? And if you recall, they one time before his death, we asking, Lord, Lord, can I be uh, right there on your right hand, you see, of, of the 12? I, I want to be the one that's right there on your right hand. And, and of course, our Lord says, that's not for me to give to you, <laughs> uh, but my Father. Even as he says that uh, with regard to the restoration of the kingdom of Israel, he said, did he not in the next verse, is it not for you to know, it is not for you to know the times were seasons, which the Father put in his own power. The Father. Not even Christ knows. The Father. Mark 13, 32 and 33. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, know not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take heed, watch, and pray, for you know not what the time is. End of discussion. Put it on hold as to the role of of Israel in history, okay? You dispensationalist and you uh, premillennialist, do what you want, but I'll tell you what, you better check your Bibles over again really carefully because according to our Lord, He says, put that on hold. There's something more important than that that needs to get out there, and that's the gospel of the grace of God. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel of the Holy Spirit. That's what needs to get out. And then finally, are you Jesus' witness because you witness. Verse 8 of Acts 1. But you shall receive power. After that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. It's got to start at home. And it goes from there. It's just like when the church witnesses, we witness here, we start at home, and then we move out. We just don't jump, fell back then, they, they just don't go out there. It, it, it's a progression. The kingdom of God is growing. It's like that tree that is spoken about that our Lord says uh, grows from a seedling, and it becomes the greatest of trees in which the birds of the air roost and make their nests and build their families the main purpose for the Holy Spirit empowering the first disciples is to spread the gospel throughout the world that was the purpose that was the purpose but it had to begin by waiting it had to begin in the upper room it had to begin in the prayer closet it has to begin with the Lord and it's the Lord who not only is the one who sends us, it's the Lord who is the one that empowers us and enables us and uses us to bring others to faith in himself. And it's to tell about Jesus. It's not to tell about the Holy Spirit. There's so many that are enamored with the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is about. Where where the Holy Spirit is said, according to our Lord, To take what is his, he says, all the things the Father hath are mine. Therefore, said I, that he shall take of mine, meaning the Holy Spirit will take what is mine, and shall show it unto you. You see, that's the role of the Holy Spirit. He is called the comforter. He is called the one who is our teacher, who will teach us all things whatsoever, Christ. Has said unto us in his word. And so, in pointing us to Christ, he points us to life itself. For in Christ, for he that has the Son has life, but he that has not the Son hath not life. I I think of this song, um, and I'm not going to sing it. I'll fight, really fight hard, but I'll read it. Everyone, everybody ought to know. Everybody ought to know, everybody ought to know who Jesus is. He is the lily of the valley. He's the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of 10,000. Everybody ought to know. And then goes on in the next paragraph, the next stanza. Everybody ought to know, everybody ought to know, everybody ought to know who Jesus is. On the cross he died for sinners, and his blood makes white. Know. <coughs> Loving, living, coming Savior, He's the one you ought to know. And that's as simple as it, as it is. Uh, faith in Christ is so simple that the Jews counted it a stumbling block and the Greeks, foolishness. But to us who are saved, it is the power of God and the salvation. And so, in conclusion, I'm going to turn to another passage and I know I'm packing a lot of this, a lot of scriptures and bear with me. That's how introductions are. It's just like when, I started a janitor- when we started the janitorial business, the first cleaning of the office, whether it be a dentist's office or a doctor's office, took a lot of time and effort. So it is when we introduce a new exposition of a new book. And so the first thing we do is read. First Peter 3, 14 through 17. So I'll turn to it. First Peter 3, 14 through 17. But and if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are you. And be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that, whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation or life in Christ. It is better if the will of God be so that you suffer for well-doing than for evil, for Christ also once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh but quickened by the Spirit. So the first thing is that it's not going to be easy and you will suffer for righteousness' sake, but happy are you. And don't be afraid and don't be troubled. You're bringing sinners the hope, the only hope there is in this whole world. And that hope resides in Christ who is in you. Was the hope of glory and if you have to suffer it's better that you suffer for the gospel as it says in verse 17 but it is better if the will of God be so that you suffer for well doing than for evil just like our Lord did who once suffered for sins the just for the unjust in order that he might bring us to God the Father and then lastly Don't forget that you are not alone. For if God be for us, who can be against us? And again, going back to the Great Commission, in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, where our Lord says, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye, therefore, and teach, or disciple, all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them, observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even at the end of the world. Amen. With that, let us close with a word of prayer. So shall we pray. Oh Father, we are thankful for this introduction to the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles by the Holy Spirit. And we pray that, oh Lord, you might make us faithful witnesses for you wherever we are in whatever way that you have particularly gifted us and blessed us that is with the ability to know your gospel and to speak it and to pray and to Lord show care and concern for others and to be there Lord as opportunity arises for those that are in need Oh, Lord, how we thank you for the privilege and to be a part of your church and to be, Lord, a part of those who have the answer, who have the only hope that this world is in desperate need of right now. Lord, thank you. And may, oh, Lord, you be glorified. In Christ's name, we pray.